Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O for anyone who's out there. You can find us on Instagram at Justin Bizarro at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's. Again, I keep saying this every time, but people are still email me. I use Instagram. We use Instagram here only. I don't. I'm very efficient and effective with my time as an entrepreneur, so please use that to communicate with us. If you want me to send an email after you've communicated through social media, that's great, but I, it's too hard for us to manage recording six to eight podcasts a week just for this podcast, plus launch a new one, plus uh, rebirth the Centurion Leadership Battalion. So everything is there right now. So the people that give questions in through there, they're going to get the answers. The entrepreneurs that want to be on the podcast, I'm going to respond there. And if I've sent you something, I'm going to respond back to you on there before we go into email or telephone calls or or stuff like that, just because I'm very busy and I communicate with a lot of people. And I bet you in one day, I out hustle everyone here on Music Row in Nashville in terms of podcasting. I'm the hardest worker there is here, even from day one. So like, I'm just very busy, but I'm very effective and efficient because I streamline everything and anything that's noise, like an email that I don't need to deal with, it's noise. I'm not going to deal with it. It's going off the plan and getting out the six to eight podcasts I need to get done a week right now. So that being said, I'm very, very happy about this. Like I spent a lot of time in Astoria, Queens, um, in previous life, um, right near Astoria Park. And I love the food. And I think New York will always hold a special place in my heart, especially Queens, especially Brooklyn. And then the Bronx, obviously, because that's where my family came through Arthur Avenue, um, as Italian. So with that being said, Jesse Spellman, of Utopia Bagels. How are you doing today from Queens, New York, Whitestone to be specific if you want the neighborhood. How are you doing today, Jesse? I'm doing great, Justin. Um, I want to thank you. Thank the team over there for having me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this, okay? Bagels and pizza have got to be two of the toughest games in New York, right? So how did you get into it? How did you start your entrepreneurial journey? Were you an entrepreneur before? Um, so let's really dive into the weeds, like your history, how you got to where you are, and then how Utopia Bagels came to exist. So Utopia Bagels has been open for 41 years now. And my dad is one of two partners there. So I pretty much grew up in the bagel industry over the past 11 years of my life, I would say that's when we got involved with Utopia Bagels and my dad's partner, who is one of the original owners. Um, And there's been three owners of Utopia Bagels since its original opening. After about two to three years, two of the partners left and it stayed with one man for the next 30 years, whose name is Anthony. My father, Scott, came in uh, 11 years ago and we took over we expanded the place we started doing more wholesale catering and just kind of bringing it from like a hole in the wall bagel shop to more of a national known bagel brand yeah and it's interesting because i will tell you it's about nine years ago interestingly that i i've been at your bagel shop it was about nine maybe eight years ago i guess for my 30 fifth birthday so i guess that's seven years ago or something but i was there and it passing through with family and it really stuck with me um because like everyone knows new york bagels and they're very much the same but 
you guys do it a little differently and your social media has grown a little differently and you've taken a very entrepreneurial spin nine years later from even when I when I've been there then um, what I see on social media so talk to me about that journey what was that like and and how do you okay how do you take something that's around for 30 years and start to change the culture and grow it for the future because there is so much tradition locked in there and almost stuff that goes on how do you deal with that I think it's a mixture of tradition and getting involved with you know, the modern day uh, techniques and just being confident about the decisions you're making this way, like your staff and the people around you are also confident. The customers become confident in, in what you're doing. So if, if you stay positive, you stay confident, you you know this is the right path to take it down, your business and your employees, your customer base, then they're going to follow behind you and just, just be confident with you as well that this is the right move. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And when you stagger or here's something that's very important, actually. If you it's not only if you stagger, but if you bring someone that you're in a relationship with a significant other or a friend that doesn't believe in you holistically and your employees or your business sees that it can negatively affect you badly. And so Uh, to your point, to your point you've got to really surround yourself with people that believe in you because you don't want this hole in your armor. I don't, I think there's another word for it, but I can't remember. And so, uh, and I mess up sayings all the time, just to be fair. Yeah. Like a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Hole in your arm. Yeah. So, and it's like as entrepreneurs or as what I love about New Yorkers and what you remind me of just talking to you is because everything is so chaotic there and there's so many people, there's always a sense of composure no matter what, no yeah, matter what decision. Chaos. Yeah, it's control chaos. It. It's like, oh, you know you're going to get stabbed, so I'll just face it and get stabbed in the front and that way I know what I'm dealing with and it's really hard to get a knife out of my back. So there's that whole thing. So, I And it's not necessarily that way, but and I'm being overstating and I'm being kind of funny, but it's really about New Yorkers. They work hard and they understand that life happens for you in a way that there's too many things you can't control in life, particularly with the amount of humans and the amount of chaos and the amount of stuff that goes on there that you can only control what you can control. That's true to you. And that's only, and you can make a big difference in that space. And that's why I love the New York space. So yeah, I agree. I feel like there's hardships in life and, you know, you're going to face them anyway. Don't let them affect you in the current moment. Just deal with them when you got to deal with them. I think that's the way that New York as a whole really approaches their their day-to-day life, honestly. Yeah, and I've been lucky. I've lived in a lot of places around the world and they all sort of take their part in me and become part of what I would call my lion-heartedness. But New York City plays something in me that... I've recently through transition, like I moved out of New York City and I went to Denver and I lost a little bit of my grounding and my footing as an entrepreneur. And it's nothing other than that. I would see there's, and we use the word equanimity because it's Ed Millett uses a lot and he's a mentor of mine, an Eritase syndicate. But it's the composure that happens in crisis. Like when everyone else is panicking and the roof's on fire, can you hold your shit together long enough to make a difference, to save your relationship, to save your business, to save someone's life, whatever it is. 
but there's a sense in in New York, people come by it more naturally. Or I would say even people that grow up on a farm that have make a living off of animals and there's death and there's crisis have this as well. But it's a lot about New York City, and I love that about you guys. So, are you? Did you grow up in New York City, Jesse? I mean, yeah, I've I've grown up in in uh, Queens my whole life, so I've I haven't moved. And did um, you from it, the area? Did you always like bagels? Uh, I always loved bagels. Funny thing is, I hate cream cheese. Yeah, but I'm a butter. I love butter on a sesame bagel. You know, that's the best way to start a day, in my opinion. Cool. So tell me about, I mean, it's definitely not the same bagel shop it was before. Like the sandwiches have gotten more and your social media has a presence. So, so, I mean, you're the younger generation. Obviously, you're more, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you're probably more engulfed in the social media and making sure that works and the reels that you're putting on there and making sure that your followers are always engaged online so they keep coming back. I mean, how did you go about that? I mean, a lot of restaurants haven't even made the step to to use their social media yet, yet you're using it in a way that's just, like I drool when I see your food. Like I see the sandwiches on there and it's like, sandwiches is my favorite food group, just so everyone knows, weirdly. But it's, um, but I love what you're doing. So how did you come up with ideas? Was it always there and you guys just highlight it differently or have you developed stuff in a new era? So I think the most important thing is natural growth. And I run every social media you see of Utopia Bagels, the website, the emailing, everything myself. And a lot of companies are paying outside sourcing to, to really run those things. And I'm not saying that's wrong. If you just don't have the time, it's, it's definitely a great way to at least have something there. But my preferred preference is like I'm controlling everything. And, and I put myself in the shoes of a customer and see what they want to see and i'm able to to control what i'm posting that way also studying others um i started the account maybe when we expanded 11 years ago a little before that and to see it grow to what it's come to today it it is because of peers that are, that that you have to just constantly study keep up with the trends and then even create your own trends that that will will make other people follow you and and just staying intact with the game is really, really important. And I love what you said. And you're studying how everyone else does, but you're making it true to you. And the other thing that you kind of touched upon that I want to go back to is that New Yorkers do by nature for some reason. And New Yorkers, everyone's like, oh, they're not friendly. You're right. They don't make friends with everyone. They're not. You're not in Nashville, Tennessee, where everyone says hello and they appreciate you. No, that's not there. But what I do think is that the friendships are bonding and they are growing there and people are invested in one another and i think that new yorkers understand long-term relationships and investing in them maybe it's because the immigrant populations that constantly go through there that's possible but it's about the relationship and it's about engaging with what's popular and what's working and what the clients want and in the food game people want to see the food they want to be engaged in their food that's one number two is if it's going to be authentic and vulnerable and you're an entrepreneur, you need to control your social media. Like I agree with you and I think PR people and I keep tripping over myself. It's important if you don't know what you're doing and you would do a really bad job. But if you're like 45 and under and I'm up close to that, unfortunately, like 
you should be able to run your own social media. I have this argument here every day with my team or in the new people. No, you will never run my social media. You will never run any of the social media accounts I have. I've made that mistake. It will never happen again. The brand, my personal brand, everything I represented, it got too far away from who I was because you were wanting to sell. And so I agree with you. You need to control the brand and you need to have the patience because it is a hockey stick. And we just said it's 11 years to see the success that Utopia Bagels has had on social media. And he's been focused. I mean, and I would say you guys have been focused. And so let's talk about the menu again. Like what are the best sellers? Like, do you sell lunch? When are you guys open? When's your address? What's your address? Where can they find you on social media? um, You can find us at Utopia Bagels on all platforms. Um, Our address is 1909 Utopia Parkway, Whitestone, New York. 11357 our men our menu has quite expanded over the years i mean we've been open for 41 years back in the day it was bagel with cream cheese bagel with butter and that's it get out or take bagels home there was no vegetable cream cheese scallion cream cheese bacon cream cheese blueberry cream cheese let alone having deli meats chicken cutlets chicken parm sandwiches philly cheesesteaks all this crazy stuff so i mean if you look back to where we started to what we've become today, it's, it's a really great expansion. Um, some of the most popular items on the menu is definitely this sandwich called the worth it that we named after a Buzzfeed episode we were on called worth it. And that's a uh, sliced locks, cream cheese, tomato, red onion capers on a nice everything bagel or any bagel of your choice really. And that's like kind of a New York staple in a yeah, way. It's, it's my favorite bagel by far. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's probably the best selling sandwich. Um, we're open from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, 365 days a year. We haven't closed one day <laughs> since we renovated. We haven't closed one day through all of COVID. Um, we stayed open. And I think just being consistent, we serve breakfast all day from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. We close at 4 p.m. on Sundays. And our, our whole menu is available from when we open to when we close. Yeah, so here's um, and I talk about this on the last episode I did or whatever. I don't. I've come. We've kind of gone out of order, so I don't know what numbers were. I know a number on, but I'm not sure which order I've recorded in today. Because, like I said, our, my weeks are so recording, and then ten million other things I'm trying to do um, work wise and as an entrepreneur. But um, I talk about consistency and I talk about discipline because someone asked me about it, and with a transition in my life you know, the discipline that I have or what I do, like, it's always a fallback to me. Like, it's always, no matter what happens in my life, bad or good, I default to discipline and putting structure into my life so I have freedom. And that sounds weird to everyone, but I'm so intentional with my time now and I'm so focused and having to record all the time and I give myself buffers because I don't know how long the recordings are that I allow that I have so much discipline in the consistency. I'm not going to miss my two 45-minute workouts a day. I'm not going to miss my reading today. I'm not going to miss recording the podcast today. I'm not going to get sick because I make sure that I, uh, everyone who relies on me now and that's I need to record, that needs a paycheck, whatever we keep going. So it's the discipline. It's like the way to outpace everyone is not be smarter than them. It's not to be more intelligent than them. Of course, you want to keep growing and you want to realize that intellectually you being smarter than someone is just realizing you know less and less and you need to keep growing and growing and growing and growing forever. That's intelligence. But what I am saying is the commitment to do something every day 
matters for growth and the commitment to do it for your business matters and the commitment to show people publicly that you're doing it and talk about it it matters at food service partners in 24 years we didn't miss one delivery to the hospitals all across the country you know maybe like as we were transitioning in the end to the clients we had some hiccups there and there but i don't think so i think everything was done in the end and so yeah. that's the consistency that I'm talking about. And even with the hiccups, we had earthquakes, we've had fires, we had tornadoes, we had natural disasters, we still made it. We had New York City flood because we did all the New York City hospitals out of, out of Brooklyn for 20 years. And so during the middle of a hurricane, we were still on getting trucks on, on boats and whatever else we had to do to get to Roosevelt Island to, to feed people. So what you just said is hugely important. 365 days, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., same time, same consistency. People know you're open. People know when you're not open, and that's what they get. And guess what, guys? The most attractive thing in any human is not the one who all of a sudden shoots off a flash of bulb, like as, as a lightning storm. Lightning's attractive, but guess what? When we capture light in, light in a bottle that becomes a light bulb, that's way more attractive than lightning now right? Everyone seeks lighting. No one seeks the lightning. So that's what we're talking about here is the consistency to be the light and, and give people comfort because in the food game, what Utopia Bagels just did is people find comfort and it becomes part of their daily routine, no matter what, even on Christmas, even on New Year's, even on Thanksgiving, you can still go there. Oh, I have a bagel every day before I go to work. Oh, guess what? Now it's Thanksgiving. I still want my bagel, but I can go get my bagel and 20 bagels for everyone that's in town. So I just want to connect the pieces because we don't see that as entrepreneurs, that these little decisions that we make have huge ripple effects in our business, especially discipline and consistency because yeah. you don't win by just winning. You win by having discipline and consistency. You, yeah, I, I, I agree with that completely because, you know, most people base their, their week on working five days. If you work seven days a week all year round, you have 104 days extra on the competition. That's a third of a year, guys. Yes. That's a lot of, of extra, you know. Fuck yes. Uh, I'm sorry I had to say it. That's exactly the truth. That's exactly the truth. I'm you know, gaining, like, you're gaining years on people. Three years in, you just gained a year on someone. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the point, pretty much. And even if they're working six days, you still gained fifty-two days on them. Yep. That's a sixth of a year. You know, we're training for the gold medal. You might make bronze. That's what we're yeah. talking about. And it's not. And it's not that I want to win the gold medal once. Oh no, I want to win it like a couple of times. I don't want to just have one championship. I want a string of championships. And that's the difference, guys, in what we're talking about here. And. I'm just going to say it. That single thing alone is what makes a difference in a business and why the growth is there and the social media. He Obviously, the social media supports it, but the sheer mental core value that you guys have of the discipline of being consistent and open all the time defines your business. I know I had one that said the same thing. We're open seven days a week. We delivered seven days a week. We never missed a delivery. Okay. And so that builds huge value in a business. And most businesses can't do that, guys. Most businesses miss deliveries all the time. Most businesses close their doors for a problem or they get tired and they close for a holiday or whatever or doesn't get busy enough and they have a problem. I like that you did that. So 
where did that come from? Was it just part of instilled in who you were, um, Jesse? Did you grow in up in, in in who I am? It's definitely from my father because he's the same way. You know, he's he's there every day. Every time you need him, he's there. He'll answer the phone at 11 p.m. at night for an employee for to make a deal. Um, I played baseball my whole life too. I definitely think sports has something to do with instilling those values into young kids Absolutely. and preparing them for the future. Um, it's a really a big thing because you're getting held accountable by your teammates, by your coaches, by your fans, by your family when you're playing sports. So that's four people, four big groups of people that are watching over you and making sure you're on, on your stuff as well as yourself, which is a fifth. And that's the most important one, obviously. And you need to hold yourself accountable when you're in business and in any aspect of life accountability is definitely the biggest thing if you have accountability for yourself then you'll have accountability for others as well and that's a perfect you know match to really make things go forward in your life and i love this because often people are always like oh if i fix that person i'll fix myself like there's this weird mentality like they focus so much on other people or like trying to fix them or whatever it is in relationships that or in life or in business also that they don't see it. But really the most contagious thing is first doing it yourself, like being able to do it, being in your business, being being who you are, showing a strong core values. And then it's a lot easier to have other people do that or be influenced by that than trying to demand it of people. And so that's one of the cool things I think. And I agree, sports are a huge medium like I learned a lot from playing soccer and I learned a lot of leadership and I learned a lot of humility and I learned a lot about losing and what it meant to pick yourself back up from a loss and all of those things and if I didn't have them I probably wouldn't still be in business like those core values that happen and are instilled I agree with you um, are so important and one thing that you said that I never really thought about before um, in terms of a father and that I probably should appreciate a little more myself um, and I'm going to say just because I live such a public life anyway, is that that is very true. I would say my father does that. And I would say it is definitely a representation of what a man should be and what what I, I'm calling kittens or man boys, whatever we want to call them out there in the world are or entrepreneur or want to be entrepreneurs and people I mentor. Like there's a big difference, guys, like showing up day after day after day to be a man in someone's life. And I'm going to focus on men because I'm a man and I can't speak for a woman. So it's consistency. It's discipline. That's how you win in life, period. That's how you win in your family. That's how you win the girl of your dreams. That's how you win uh, the business. That's how you eventually get money. Money is a trophy. It's not the thing you seek right? If you do your job really well, you have success, you're a good person, you do the social media real well, you're open every day, you have the consistency and discipline, the money and the success come later, not the other way around. You don't seek it. And I, I have so much trouble with people understanding it. If you become hyper-focused on the money, you become so hyper-focused on it, you don't actually focus on the things that make the money. So um, <clears throat> that's just a lesson here. Uh, Jesse, let's talk more about this. So let's talk about instilling this into employees let's talk about how you model it in your business as a human so like i don't know if you have a family or not i don't know if you're single i don't know how that how you live your life but let's talk about you've obviously have this instilled in you and so you're a leader in your life as well as an entrepreneur so how do you then 
instill this in the employees at Utopia Bagels? Because you guys are obviously doing well, so I'm sure you have quite a bit of employees. So talk to me yeah. about that. People don't realize, but we have 56 employees out of a bagel store. Yeah, now we're talking, dude. I love nuts. when people create jobs. You know, bring that bread home to that family. Yeah. And, and Literally. That's That speaks back into COVID. You know, we didn't close one day. We supported 56 different families throughout COVID just by staying open. And, you know, taking that chip on our shoulder and going into work and just grinding it out. Everybody at Utopia Bagels, the whole staff deserves a medal of honor for that because we fed the community when when no other store was open but back to keeping you know our employees motivated and, and making them have the same same core values that we have i think a big importance is to keep them in the spotlight and make sure that they know and the community and your customers know that the employees are just as important to the business as you are and I think that comes with posting them on social media, giving them shout outs, letting them have input in things, giving them more responsibilities as they get more years at the store, you know, asking their opinion on stuff, letting them be creative as well as you're being creative. You know, if you don't like their idea, you don't have to take it, but you could still hear their idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I agree with that. And I will tell you guys in my worst moments as an entrepreneur is when I stop listening or when I can't hear or I become too focused. Like focus is a great thing as an entrepreneur, but you can become so focused you can't hear anymore. Um, and that has happened to me. So I love what you're saying here. Um, what did you do before the bagels? Or is this something you've always done? Like what's your background in before, Jesse, just out of curiosity? Yeah, I mean, I went from playing college baseball straight into the bagel industry because, you know, my father was involved. <laughs> I actually I actually didn't finish college because he needed help here. Yeah. So I came, I started, now I, you know, I pretty much run the store myself. So I've always been in the bagel industry my whole life. I mean, you know, growing up I had, you know, jobs here and there, but nothing that was really my career. Yeah, and so you and I are similar in a lot of ways and I can relate to you a lot. Um um, I did finish college, but I did bounce in and out because we started like my father and I started the company out of the basement, you know, with another business partner that was from New York, but mainly out of the basement. And eventually our first facility was in South San Francisco. But I find what you said to be very true. Like I was a soccer player. I'm very driven. I even went to Europe a lot to play um, growing up and spent a lot of time over there and very successful driven human. And then I got into the food business and got into building that and, and becoming the person and the entrepreneur. And I lost myself a little bit over the last few years, but that's here nor there um, because just life decisions I had made um, that I didn't want to regret for the rest of my life. And But the important thing that I would say is there's a similarity to what you said. And I and helping the business and needing to be involved in it and finding food, even though it wasn't the thing you were passionate about necessarily, but finding the same purpose you found in sports in being an entrepreneur and in the food business. Um, and I will also say this, after being an athlete in the caliber of athlete I was and in college and everything, I will say that there is an immense amount of rela relatability and I have a huge advantage over individuals in the entrepreneur space that didn't play sports. Sorry. I know they're brilliant guys and they can make more money, but when it comes to relationships and long-term happiness and joy, 
I get more because I played sports. I don't know why. I just have a way of looking at things like Jesse where I'm better served if everyone is winning around me. And if everyone's winning more around me, I'm definitely winning more than anyone else because they're winning. And so my investment is so much in the winning of others and that's how I win. Um, And I've learned to invest in myself more so I can win and make myself the primary so everyone can reflect on me. But also the truth is, is that one of my gifts is also making sure everyone else wins around me. And so I think that comes from playing team sports. I played soccer, baseball, similar. Like you're in it, whether you like the person or not, when it comes to game time, it's do or die and you're, this is the way it is. And I see business the same way. I, if you guys don't like each other, then one of you can quit or go work somewhere else. Otherwise, it's game time. You know, We're in this together and you both are hired because you have a skill that benefits the company. And so I try to handle things that way. So <clears throat> I like that. I like that a lot. So what do you say, where are the, where's been your growth as a leader, as an entrepreneur over the last 11 years, Jesse? Because you came, you went right from school or, or being an ex-athlete into the entrepreneur space because of your father. And you obviously have him as a role model because he's been in that space. And I don't know if you're from an entrepreneurial family. I I am. And it was instilled in me from very young. Um, actually, I will say I was born to be an entrepreneur. I always knew it. It was instilled in me. And my parents literally uncapped my potential by just putting me in that environment. So talk to me about you. Did you always know? Is, have you always been a little bit rebellious? Like talk to me about Jesse as a leader, Jesse as an entrepreneur, Jesse as learning from his dad, but also trying to step out of his shadow and be his own person. Yeah. From as long as I can remember, honestly, I feel like I've always wanted to do my own thing and be an entrepreneur and just be involved in using my ideas to make money and to to really impact the community and do things like that. My my grandfather actually owned Gold Golden Lee Book Company, which is uh, from 1960. It was pretty much Barnes and Noble before Barnes and Noble. That's really cool. So, yeah, so unfortunately, they made a few bad decisions in, in important times, and it didn't turn out to be Barnes & Noble, like what you know today. But that kind of industrial industry and business sense has always been in my blood, I feel like. Yeah, capitalism, and, for sure. Yeah, and coming coming out of college into you know such a, such a vibrant scene in the bagel industry, having to get guys that are you know 10 to 15 years older than you work for you isn't such an easy task and i think that was the biggest take that i had to sit down and really figure out like hey how am i going to do this how am i going to get these guys that have been working at the shop for 20 years 20 plus years to really respect me because i'm coming in new and i'm the boss all of a sudden you know what i mean so i think that that I had to start from ground zero and work my way up, even though I was the boss, take the customers on the line, outwork everyone else, make sure I was there, you know, more hours than anybody in the whole store and just work, 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 work. And then, you know, they see, wow, this kid actually is working. This kid actually knows what he's talking about. All right, I trust this kid. I'm going to get behind this kid. Anything he says I'm doing, I don't need to question him. And just holding your word, you know, my, my, um, my father-in-law actually told me a story about his his father. So he was a, a very religious man in church and the community. And uh, 
there was this homeless man outside of the church that kept coming every week asking for money, asking for, for things to support his family. And uh, my father-in-law's father found out that he was lying. And he uh, told everybody at the church that this guy's not true to who he says he is. We need to stop giving him money. And the man turned around and pointed the finger at him and said, he's lying about me. I really need the money to support my family. Everything I'm saying is true. And the whole community knew Michael Sarantis doesn't lie, which was my father's father-in-law, and, and they believed him. So I think holding your word and, and knowing what you say is going to happen and be true knows, gives you a, a character of, of, you know, this guy's not going to lie. This guy's going to, when he says something, he's going to do it. And I think that's a great value to have. Yeah, and I want to point something out just for the audience and from a psychological standpoint, just because I think it's important. There's, there's, it's a very important fine line because humans have a natural tendency to lie to protect themselves. Like that's why we do it. It protects us. We're putting on a mask. We have some shame or embarrassment or whatever or a childhood thing here nor there. It's not for this podcast. There's plenty of podcasts that can give you more details. But what I am saying is this, um, is, hmm, I don't know how to put this now. Let's continue on. I'm going to come back to this because I don't want to actually speak out of turn or give the wrong information to anyone. But I think it's about a drive and, and we can get into it. But continue on, Jesse, with your thought, please. Yeah, I think that if you if everybody knows that you don't lie or everybody knows that if you give your word it's going to happen and you're going to do something then when you get called out on it or when you even say it from the beginning everybody trusts you they know they're behind you we got you that's it let's go they don't have to second guess there's no questions asked there's nothing oh let me double check on him no i yeah. got i got this let's do it let's go and I agree, and I'm gonna, and I thought about how I'm gonna word this. Like, like a human can have, we can do things as humans to protect ourselves. That's different than if we show up when we say we're gonna show up, when we do what we say we're gonna do, especially as men. Like, it's very important as women. Women naturally do this because they, for the children, whatever. We struggle with this as men. I don't know why as a society, but I'm gonna say it and call it out. But we have to do what we say we're going to do. We have to be there when we say we're going to be there. And if we're not, we have to communicate it appropriately and have a plan for when we're going to make it up. Because we often just, gosh, I can't even tell you, even in society, we just make so many loose commitments and promises. And I and I say male just because that's I'm a man and I don't want to speak at a turn. But it's just, I find this all the time and I find it a lot with people that, come to me like if I'm going to mentor you and coach you like if you make a promise and you don't keep it and then you're upset with me I'm like hold on here like you set the expectation I didn't I didn't ask you to do anything you volunteered it don't volunteer it if you don't want to set the expectation and if you're not going to do what you say you're going to do it's 10 times worse when you volunteer it like I don't understand that like you think you're making me feel better or you're looking better instantly but in the long run all you're telling me is you have no discipline and you do, you make promises you can't keep you. and that's yeah. 
Like, you want to lie to me about whether or not you ate French fries or not? I don't care. Like, that's, you know, you got something going on there. We don't need to deal with that <laughs> here. But if you're like, if you say you're going to do something and not do it, that's a whole other work ethic core value promising that goes way beyond whether or not you have a little white lie or not. Like there's a big difference there. And I don't know if I'm saying this properly. I don't think either are appropriate. You need to work through it. But on the grand scale of a character of a human, like we have to do what we say we're going to do. If we we tell something that something's going to go in our life, we need to be real because I agree with you so much that when I've ever come close to skating that line, um, if if work or where I'm not being fully honest or vulnerable with a situation, bad or good, um, you naturally people can tell, and your character starts coming into play and questioning with everyone around you whether or not you even voiced it or not. And so I think that that I agree with you. It's 100% important. And I will say this also that your business is a reflection of who you are and your character as an entrepreneur. So what you're saying is 100% true. If I tell the truth, if my word means something, and I'm known as a cornerstone in the community, and I build humans, and I grow humans, and I do right by the humans, my word has weight. Way more weight because it's true. That's why, guys, it's true. I think you could loop that back into social media also. Like you look at Taco Bell commercials and you see, you know, their Crunchwrap Supreme on TV. You go get it in person. It looks nothing like the damn thing. And then it's just like, what? Why? Why did I get fooled by Taco Bell? Why did I get this? You know, when I post something on social media, you're going to get that in person. Yeah. You see my, my food. You're going to come into the store. That's exactly how we make it. You got it. And you know that you're you're eating good today. And I'm interested in this. And you said you have a father-in-law. So. I mean, is your significant other as driven as you are and same mentality? Because you're a very driven person innately. And it's probably years of experience plus birth, plus like you said, you were born that way as an entrepreneur to just be a rebel in some ways. Like, talk to me about this, like in your relationships, because you seem to be very conscious in the way you surround yourself. So, and if you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. We don't need to talk about it. No, we could definitely get into it. My, um, you know, She's a she's a nurse, a registered nurse. So that okay. just says something from yeah. the beginning. You already Absolutely. know she's dedicated. She's in the um, mother baby unit, so she deals with the children immediately after they're born with the mothers. You're and a rock star, dude. I don't even need to say anything <laughs> from that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. That, that she's intensive into the care and just supporting others and being there for everybody. So, holy crap, dude! You're an incredible dude. Like I'm like. Yes, um, you have really thought about your life path, and you, um, wow, and you have good role models, and you're you're a good business, and you're a young dude, obviously. So, like, I'm very excited about this, and you've gained so much knowledge without an education, which is really what it's about. It's if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to go be involved in your business, and you can't get Bagel Store 101 as a class. I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. You need to go <laughs> actually, do it. I had an idea about teaching that. Yeah. <laughs> Pitch it. NYU started doing these uh, these classes about real life business. It's funny you say that. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the world is going in that direction. I guess maybe I stumbled on something that could be a niche market. But I love this, and I love what you're doing. So 
I mean, do you see, I mean, what's the future of Utopia Bagels? If you could, if what's your vision board look like for lack of a better term, or, or when you lay down at night, where, where do you want to see it go? I want to focus about building the brand rather than building, you know, income and money. That's really what drives me. And by building the brand that will come. So about three years ago, and that's really when I took over the store fully. I was still working, you know, in the past there. But when I became, you know, the, the general manager, um, three years ago, we had a, a, a decision to make whether we were going to go open more stores or, war, or where we were going to do more wholesale business. And we chose the wholesale business because we wanted to keep everything in house for the time being out of the same building. And that was definitely the right answer because we you know, an unpredictable situation like COVID came and we couldn't predict that at all. But the wholesale business just grew so much and it's been an outstanding uh, return in profit and outstanding just uh, roller coaster ride that we've had with it. And for the future, I think I want to continue to do that and blow that up, but also, you know, have the possibility of opening up more stores down the line and just either inspiring others or, you know, giving advice for them to open up more stores you know i don't care about my competition if they ask me questions i get questions from other bagel stores all the time and i answer them truthfully and honestly because i just know they're not going to outwork me so you know they could they could try and copy it you know they got it all good but i know that i'm you know at the top at the end of the day and and i'm gonna have to knock myself down from that not anybody else yeah that's like i'm the same like I'm the same. You want to start a food business? You want to start a podcast? I'll help you do it. You want to start a food podcast? I'll even help you do that. You want to start a food entrepreneur podcast? Be my direct competition. Do that too. But I will outwork you. That's just like I will help you. I will do whatever. I'll give you all my pointers. I'll even give you my business plan. But my life experiences, my work ethic, the way I was raised, the way I intentionally spend my time, the intentionally I weave the life that I want with my visionary threads. And when it doesn't match, I make sure that that part of my life no longer is a part of my life. Unfortunately, that's hard for, for, but I'm very intentional in the energy I give, which is why weirdly I'm attracting a lot of this energy into the podcast right now because my energy is so turned up right now. And it is so focused on growth and growing the humans around me and and growing free market and fighting for the the food in this country and the entrepreneurs that are here in the free market so it doesn't go away because I feel that we are the freedom fighters as entrepreneurs and especially as food entrepreneurs because there's so many of us. There's so many of us. And yeah. so let's talk about passion and drive and what keeps you going. Like what 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 is it that if you could describe three character traits that you have, Jesse, that really drive you or make you a good leader or keep you going into the office seven days a week or whatever it is, what are the things that truly drive you? I mean, it could be fears, I guess, also. But what is it that keeps you going? Because I think 11 years, seven days a week, hustling, people are like, oh, you've already made it. It's time to take your foot off the gas. But that's not your mentality. So let's talk about what keeps you going. Definitely uh, a trait that I can start off with that keeps me going, and you were touching on it before I could tell, is time management and definitely like layering your day into getting the most out of it and just just being able to manage that time because, you know, you only have 24 hours in the day. You got to make the best out of it, and that's for sure. 
Um, a, a few other things is just being like we talked about being consistent, being adaptable, being able to go into a situation and it doesn't go the way you expected. How are you going to turn around and, and, and kill it in this situation? You have to be able to do that. It's it's no way around it. You can't you can't get like you said, get thrown in a burning building and not make it out. You're going to make it out. And um, honestly, I, I do look at my competitors work and I do try to learn from them. You know, I'm not. I'm it's I'm not saying that we're always the best. There could be other stores and other people that do things better than us. Why not learn from them also? And if you and if you and if they aren't doing it better than you, you could still learn from them and learn from their mistakes and just always look at them. So, like, you know, my competitors do keep me up at night sometimes. I, I it's it's not I'm not ashamed to say it. You got to You got to be able to look at them, you know? Yeah, and here's something I've learned, guys, and it's in all things. Sports taught me this really, but what life really taught me this, okay? And the importance is not only the fight. The importance is getting back up from the fight, and I just posted about this on Instagram last week, and I got to be more up to date on that as we're talking about social media. But here's some, the importance is about getting back up because in the fight of entrepreneurism or business or life, period, here's this weird thing. It's not about the scoreboard because the score could be I won once and the other person won nine times, okay? My competition, very true, okay? But here's the weird part is the nine times that I fell before the one time I won, they got cocky. They got used to winning and they didn't know how, they didn't get, they weren't training to get back up because I was constantly getting knocked down and getting back up. And by the time I knock them down that one time, they're TKO. They don't know how to get back up because they've never been knocked down. So the scoreboard doesn't matter. That one win, learning from those nine times how to finally TKO them matters. And maybe I don't even do it on purpose. Maybe I'm just doing it by being a good business person because I actually don't focus on my competition. I focus on beating myself all the time and beating the previous version of myself yesterday. And any, like as I call them, kittens that come around here in the lion's den, like I quickly outwork you and figure out how to snack you up because I'm ultra competitive. So, and I use the word snacking up because I'm patient, I'm disciplined, and I understand legacy and the long-term value and stay power of showing up and being there. And here's the other thing. Anything worth fighting for is also worth waiting for. So there's that. So I'm very calculated and I pay chess, not checkers. So that's just part of being a good entrepreneur. If you hear Jesse, he thinks the same way. You hear the composure in the voice. You hear he's thought about the woman that's in his life that means so much. His father-in-law obviously has good character and raised a good woman who's a good person and gives to the community and society. This is what I'm talking about. You want to be a good entrepreneur. It's not just about making money and just a business. It's about your entire layering, as, as Jesse said, of your life. It's about layering your time with your family and the people that matter are going to have good influence and impact on you and you on them. And so, Jesse, like I'm just so happy I met you. And, you know, we have about 15 minutes left, give or take. And, and if you need to go, I understand. But I'd like to continue down this road a little bit of how you find creativity and, and sort of the qualities. Like, you guys try new things and you experiment with new things. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. And you talk about listening to staff. So 
I don't know, give us a random example of something, but how, like, who comes up with the ideas? Do you let the staff do it? Do you guys do it? Is it really anyone can create anything? I mean, at some point, creativity can be bad because you can try to create too many things that bring you down. But as a bagel business, I think people used to argue you should only give cream cheese and butter and, you know, one type of bagel. And now we see how many types of bagel and cream cheese there are. So how do you manage all that and not get too distracted by all the possibilities within the bagel and sandwich business. Yeah. So I, uh, my, obviously I come up with a lot of the ideas. My, my staff come up with a lot of the ideas, my family, my friends, my peers, um, as far as other social media influencers or whatever you would like to call them, whether they come into the store and give me ideas and we talk about it, but ultimately I have the final say in whatever we're going to, we're going to run through with and get going. And I think it's very important that once you, get that idea you use it you have to see it through don't you know try it for a couple of days and be like oh this is not working let's cancel it keep pushing it keep pushing it try it to the end because if you're doing it for a month long on the 29th day it's gonna hit off and then it's really something don't do it for 10 days if you dedicated a month to it see the 30 days through finish the goal finish what you started don't just quit that's that's you know you learn that from when you're in fifth grade in the gym class playing basketball don't quit keep seeing it through and it applies to real life today you could take that you know 20 30 years later into your life yeah and i say this all the time people are like oh how that person get that person or whatever like there's a balance in life and what attracts really good relationships and and what attracts successful relationships friendships is hard work and i agree with you and it's just like be true to what you want to do and be true to who you are and be true to the people around you. And so I think that's so cool. Um, and what they create and listening to everyone around you and letting them have influence and impact on you and knowing that you have the final say, um, I think is good because at the end of the day, like I can't come up with every great idea. And if all the ideas are mine, then there's only one customer me. And, and that's true. Like if I come up with all the ideas, the only person I'm serving is me and the only one who's going to buy anything is me. So there's that. And I mean, it's not totally true, but you your business can be so much bigger when you allow everyone to be involved. So Jesse, have you always been this sort of human? And I'm, you're making me nostalgic over New York a little bit because there's this yeah. just drive that goes there and humanness that's in the people that grow up there and are hustling and, and want to better not only their situation, but the community around them. So, I mean, talk to me about that. I mean, going from an athlete into the food business can sometimes be like, oh, I gave up something to do this. So, I mean, we talked about like you were born a certain way, but have you had ups and downs? Like I'm, I can't imagine it's always been easy. So like, how have you gone through those times? Cause I think some of the entrepreneurs are like, Oh, it's, I want to hear about the times I'm going through, which is the tough times a little bit as well. Yeah, it's definitely not easy and it's definitely not, you know, just a merry go round and like you come up with an idea and it's going to hit, you gotta, you gotta go through the trenches in a way. Um, you know, last year alone, we, we shipped nationwide, uh, through gold belly and last year we got bombarded with orders and we couldn't even handle it i was i was here till you know 4 a.m go to the car sleep for two hours come back at 6 a.m getting ready to pack the orders baking the bagels you know from 12 a.m to 4 a.m 
you know, call up a buddy from mine and say, hey, come help me. You know, I'll pay you for the night and let's go. You got to be able to take control of that. And you got to just fight through it, not going home to your family. You know, you're sli- I was sleeping in the parking lot for a month straight during the holiday season. It's 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 ridiculous to see, but I had to get it done. And and while doing that, we we held our word to Gold Belly that we were able to keep up with the orders that we we promised them to do. And now, you know, you could see it through the next year, even not in the holiday season. We're just as busy. And then I have time to train my staff, teach more people, you know, build out another oven, get things going. And now it becomes easier in that sense. And I'm on to the next project. So you have to go dedicate a good chunk of time to whatever project you're going to start and just be like, okay, I'm not going to see my friends. I'm not going to see my family. I'm not going to see anybody but myself and my workers. And let's get it done. After that, I'm on to the next project and doing the same thing again. And this one is, is you know, it's it's settled, but there's still, you know, room for improvement. But it's it's running running smoothly yeah and i think it's um i think it's the ability to focus on something accomplish it and then set a new goal that's hugely important a lot of people will accomplish something and then or kind of accomplish it and give up on it which you never hit the goal and then you never set a new one and you never create that pattern in your life and i think you have the ability to do that by nature or is instilled in you and i think sports do that as well I have a picture of my father about six years ago sleeping on bags of flour. Yeah. And it's just like he's all dirty from baking. You know, he's not most people think business owners are just these guys that come in with a bag of cash and pay workers to do stuff. No, my dad was baking for eight years straight before we trained the right people to get it done for us. (laughs) And it's interesting you say that I have a picture on my phone of my dad sleeping in the in a moving truck recently as we were moving around offices and stuff as we were uh, transitioning businesses. And I agree with you. I don't see that, but there's a work ethic that's instilled and there's, um, and I've slept in the car outside the office, especially a lot in Georgia, um, where we were working late and working double shifts and needing to be there like for meetings, but then make sure the night shift was trained and then operating efficiently. And so I'd literally like either sleep in the car, run home, shower, change, sleep for like an hour and then go back. And especially during the tough times, especially when COVID would hit the facility and we'd be down like half the people, it's just crazy. But as the entrepreneur, everyone, you're right. Everyone's like, oh, they see the nice car or the nice house. And yeah, if you knew what it took to have the $3 million house or the $1 million lake house or what it took in the nights I spent in the car that you would never, ever, ever, ever be willing to lower yourself to, ever, ever. Most people would not ever be willing to lower themselves to the levels that I have to or you've had to as an entrepreneur. It's just the way it is. Like I, I some days there were days where I went shower for two days. I didn't even know what a shower was. I couldn't even remember what my name was. All I know is that I need to put one foot in front of the other and I need to get the food sealed in the proper packaging and on the truck so it could be delivered to Walmart so we could get paid you know, or to the hospital so we could get paid because everyone's livelihoods revolved around and just because they were sick doesn't mean that I'm just like, oh, we're not going to do it today and everyone needs to suffer. No, I'm the entrepreneur. I'm stepping in and I'm doing the work. And so I agree with you. And I don't know how in today's world where everything's so public and our personas are so public and our personalities and our personal branding, where if you're not demonstrating this, I don't know how people get behind it because I certainly 
can see when someone's not willing to clean the toilets or have flour all over them or work. If I'm 65 and I'm much poor, it's very likely that I may have to clean a bathroom or two because I have to cut the sanitation out of the business to support the business that's actually making money and I have to clean the toilets during off hours. It's happened, believe me. And so that's the type of thing that I think you're talking about is that you have to, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to be the first not to eat. Um, miss a meal as they call it I love the saying have you ever missed a meal it's like one of those things that as an entrepreneur or someone that grows up from hard times that make it as an athlete or an entrepreneur you miss meals like I'm sorry you do you don't have enough money and you're like oh my god how do I have this business making all this money but I'm using the change out of my freaking ashtray to put gas in my car like what's going on here but it's part of the struggle and if you don't go through them your business can't grow because they don't grow unless there's pain and they don't grow unless there's hardship. So I appreciate that, Jesse. I went on a long commentary there, so I apologize about that. Oh, no worries. Um, so let's do this, Jesse. Um, I want to leave everything with everyone with something impactful. Um, if you could go back to your previous self and you could give yourself guidance in terms of hope and 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 stuff 11 years ago as you were starting this business and your careers were changing uh what would that be it's that you don't know everything and you can learn from your mistakes other people's mistakes and you can um, learn from other people you people need to remind themselves that they don't know everything just because you might be the best at something doesn't mean that you know everything on that current day. Looking back now, I've learned so much from my peers and my my even my competitors and my friends and family just just from listening, you know, hearing them. Not you don't even have to respond back in a in a conversation argument. Just just hear it, let it sit with you, think about it, and then maybe 2 days later you'll be like, "Wow, now I understand. I realize that." And if you don't, you could still look at it and say, wow, he was wrong and this is why he was wrong. You know, it's it's about hearing and seeing everything and taking it in and just just playing it out in your life. You don't you don't need to just immediately shut that down. And be like, hey, OK, I'm closing this door. Goodbye. Keep the door open. Don't burn bridges. Move on. Learn. Yeah. And so I thank you, Jesse, very much. And I'm going to leave everyone with three things that personally for me on this podcast, I haven't done this in a long time, but I'm going to start trying to do this again. <clears throat> the beauty of, of just being able to hear people is you learn so much about them. They feel appreciated. But uh, oftentimes when people talk and you just allow them to talk, therapists figure this out and you they get paid a lot of money to do it because they understand all the nuances. But it's really just this. People can solve their own problems if they talk long enough. And so just being a sounding board, you don't need to have them take up your time or as an entrepreneur, you got to be very careful and intentional with your time as we talked about, but you want to be able to hear and practicing this skill is hugely important. You want to be able to ask questions and hear answers and you want to be able to build that relationship with people and your children and your spouses because that's the way relationships work and the composure that you hear in Jesse, as I go into point number two, is because those relationships bring that to him. He's picked them. He's picked the good relationships, the holistic ones, the whole humans that were also raised by good humans. And so his home life 
isn't chaotic. There's not a lot going on, and maybe it's chaotic because of time, and they both work really hard, and it seems like time stressed and all that. But the reality is they're both well-grounded people. And this is what I mean. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to intentionally choose your relationships and how they impact you. And you need to choose the ones that are going to complement what you want to do in the long run and what your visionary threat is. And obviously, I sound a, a little bit of a hypocrite, but as a person that has had very successful relationships and moved on and, and outgrown things, um, whether it's me or the other party, this happens, especially as entrepreneurs. What I've learned the most is the thing that I've made the mistakes on the most is that you don't come into a relationship knowing that there's a long-term commitment. It's not only about the attraction or how much money that person has at the time or what job they have when because life changes. And so if you can't be friends and you can't, and you don't have the same core values within that friendship or life goals, then it's really hard to move beyond that, okay? And it's really hard to have success outside of that. And my parents are still married and together and other families that I've seen that are married together, they somehow get that, you know? And I'm still searching for that, just to be honest. And while I've had it, there's been certain pieces that I haven't been true to myself where I didn't wanna die without feeling that I hadn't done those things. And that's my bad. I failed in the relationship and I'm not a great human because I didn't know how to be honest or the things that I wanted because I didn't know how to be a whole human because I was so busy focusing on everyone else and taking care of everyone else. No one told me that to be a better leader, I had to first be the best leader and then go back to them. So like 30s, I changed all of that. So I just want to point that out. Home life is very important. What goals you want? How many children you want? What do you want your spouse to look like? What do you want them to do? What does their heart look like? What kind of family do they come from? It is really important. And maybe you don't get everything, but if you focus on it and try to aim for it, you're going to get pretty close. Like, right, if you aim for a target, you may not get the target, but if you make the target like something really extravagant and everything else is a ripple effect off of it, you're going to get hit something on the target pretty close to it. So aim pretty big. I think that's it. And the last thing I want to say that's important that I like that you did is you didn't grow your business to multiple stores. You focused on growing your business in the wholesale. And why I think that's important is because in today's world, if you're going to grow your business, you need to be able to manufacture your stuff centrally and support your stores remotely. And you need to be able to control the quality of your product, control the branding, because employees go in and out. And now we're in this like gig economy where if someone works today, they get paid today, and they may not show up tomorrow. And because of that, and I'm not saying that you have to deal with that because you have loyal employees, but as you get stores in different cities and lose more control, um, or influence over directly, I think one of the things that you've done really well is make sure there's a central point, a central production point, and a core value. Now you ship all over the country. So it's really cool because you're wholesaling. All you have to do is now wholesale to yourself or to a franchisee. And that, I think, is probably the most scalable part of your business, um, as you probably already knew. But just for the audience and just to give something away, I'm, it's pretty impressive, and I agree with you. Build the brand first, concentrate on what's there. Then once the brand's strong enough and it can leave the New York market, then take it outside the New York market or to other boroughs in the New York market, but not until it's ready. And patience and long-term strategy and being a chess player and legacy and knowing what Jesse knows and how he's really thought about his life and his moves and his strategy, maybe not always intentionally, um, at a necessity. But... 
I think that that's what it is. So I just wanted to talk about those three points. And Jesse, if you have anything you wanted to say on those, um, please go ahead. And then um, also just finish this out where they can find you on social media and where you guys are located again, please, or how they can order bagels if they wanted them in some other state. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. You can't build a house on a shitty foundation. You need to make sure that foundation is good and then go and build the house because, you know, if you build it too fast or you build it without the right foundation, it's going to fall and it's going to not be a good situation. So I think you could relate that back to your business. Build the brand, build the home base, build that up first, and then try and expand outwards. Um uh, you could find us, you know, at Utopia Bagels on all social media platforms. My personal Instagram at Jesse Spellman, and you can order us through Gold Belly nationwide, all fifty states, even Hawaii and Alaska, um, five days a week at GoldBelly.com/slash/UtopiaBagels, or go through our website UtopiaBagels.com, and it will direct you there. And if you're in uh, the Northeast region, you could order our bagels from Fresh Direct, and they would ship. They will deliver them to your house. Oh, man, that's awesome! Um, wow, I'm really glad that we did this episode, and I really feel a lot of love for New York and like, <clears throat> rem- like I would call it remembering of like part of my heart like my lion heart like I said that's the New York part like what I learned by being there and doing business there for 20 years and it's really cool and I really appreciate you Jesse and I look forward to maybe having you back on the podcast as you expand your business over the next year and and things continue to grow and your social media continues to grow and you guys keep experimenting with new and fun things um wow uh I really it's not always Um, Like I've said, and I think people have, but you've had a really amazing impact on me today, um, Jesse. And unintentionally, I believe God speaks through other people when we need it the most. And I have a good relationship with God when I align my will with God's will. But you've given me a lot of clarity on and a reminder of things that are important as an entrepreneur and who I am as a person and where I've come from and the struggles that I have to get to where I am. And that when it comes to the world around me, I have the confidence from being an entrepreneur and putting my neck out there and working harder than everyone else and willing to do the work when no one else was, when they wanted to be the company owner just to write the check. That that made me who I am. And that who I am because of that is so much bigger not on purpose and not in a demeaning way than everyone else. And that's because of the foundation, like you talked about. The foundation as a human, that's my family or future family is always there. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I just, the blessing. So I just wanted to say thank you. Um, and you really touched me in a very special way today. I hope the audience gets the same impact. Um, you're a really genuine dude. And you're a really good entrepreneur. And I hope and pray for you. You will go on my prayer list, um, as many of the entrepreneurs who come on here do on a regular basis. All of them make it on there at some point, but because I try to pray for everyone. Um, but it's you're going to make a really good impact in the world. And 
I really hope that Utopia Bagels goes across the world because your core values and the things that you fight for as an entrepreneur in your free market, even though bagels is your vehicle or sandwiches is your vehicle, the message and the journey and the purpose that you have, Jesse, is so big, okay? And if I can do anything by being on this podcast and if it's just one episode that I could truly turn up someone's volume the most needed right now, it would be you. And I, I don't know that. why, but I feel the need to inject energy towards you and give you a lot of energy from me since I contain so much right now on the podcast and not because there's an audience here, but because just so the audience experiences, this is how I mentor and this is how I coach and this is how I believe in people. But there's something different about you that I think you should do. And I think you should also consider joining the Arite Syndicating. If you haven't already, I will give you a recommendation. It does cost money, but Ed Millette and Andy Forsella are some of the best at doing this stuff and uncapping potential in business owners and entrepreneurs like yourself beyond what I can do. And so that's a big one. And anyone who's out there, I recommend that. But I just feel that continue where you're going and Whatever children or life, if you decide you're going to have children and business that you're going to pass down to the individuals in your community or on a global scale, it is going to be impactful. And you've given me a blessing, a lot of clarity in my own life and spoken to me in ways that have just been amazing. So I'm giving back because I truly feel this way and I truly believe in you um, as an entrepreneur and as a human. And I think that strong humans and foundational humans like yourself with such great core values are what make a difference in free markets and in the world and freedoms and liberties for humans. So, and animals for that matter and plants and the planet, but that's a whole other conversation. So not to like keep glowing on you or whatever the term would be, because uh, I mess them up all the time, but it's more like encouragement. If I could leave you with one thing, it's like, please listen to this again, the podcast, just to inspire yourself. And I've never said that to a single person ever, but you're a really good dude and you're really going to do good things in the world and you're really going to make a difference. If you And I know you have already, but you're going to make a really big difference in a lot more people's lives and in their families' lives. And I cannot wait to watch it. I'm glad I got to meet you and I'm glad I get to take a seat in the audience to watch you do these things. So um, everyone in the audience, like I'm almost like teary-eyed. I'm so impacted by you, um, emotional. So anyone in the audience, like share this episode. Like I can't emphasize enough that this is why I do what I do. And why I believe in what I'm doing is to pass on these messages to not only give these humans and these entrepreneurs hope in the world, but also to give un other entrepreneurs a similar story. And it is about people believing in you. Are you believing in yourself when no one else does? Of course, because at the end of the day, you're the only one who's going to believe in your dream as much as you do, period. But so what I try to do is try to believe in their dream as much as that human when I'm really believing what they're doing and they're in the right space and you're in that space. So again, guys, please share it. You can find us on Spotify or anywhere else you uh, grow yourself off a podcast. And again, please share it. Thank you, Jesse. Again, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. Thank the team as well over yeah. there. You know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, 
I'm excited to connect with you again in the future and, you know, work together and, and talk. Yeah. And I'm hoping to get back up to New York in the next couple of weeks to, to tie up some things and, and see where this podcast is really going because we're getting such momentum. It's, it's kind of awesome and I'm flattered and thank you everyone. Um, I've worked really hard in my life to uh, get here. So it's very like, I don't, it's a trophy. It's something that I want to give back so I can keep growing. And like I said, I learned from Jesse probably more than you learned from me on this podcast, honestly. And that's the other reason I do it. Um, it's because I believe I have to keep growing and interviewing six to eight entrepreneurs a week is a really fast way of growing. Like I'll just be honest. So listening to the podcast is a really fast way of growing also. Thank you everyone. You can find us on Instagram at Justin Mazzaro, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O or at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. Uh, that's where we answer everything. Thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening in. Thank you for the crew here and Jesse, thank you for you and Utopia Bagels and thank you to your father for believing you because he's going to, he really built someone or invested in someone and grew someone who's going to make a difference. So it's pretty awesome. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it.